I just want to declare in this place, God wants to restore to you everything that has been stolen or lost. Now, I have made these declarations in the past, and I'm telling you, all, all I can say to you is this. You're either going to grab it by faith or you don't. And I'm going to say this one more time. I'm going to say it one more time so you all can get it. I declare to you that everything that you've lost or stolen is going to be restored in your life. And I'll, even, I'll go even a step further, y'all. Y'all can shout amen, hallelujah, and praise the Lord. Y'all can stand up and run if you want to a little bit. Amen. Y'all don't even. <sighs> Maybe I need you more than you need me tonight or something. Something's going on here. Um, I will say it to you this way. Um, I believe it's 5.0. In other words, I believe that not only are you going to get back what you've lost or stolen, but it's going to be better than you had it before. Are y'all into that? When is the last time you told Jesus what you needed? When did you have the guts and the courage to stand up and say, Lord, you made me a promise, and the promise has not come to pass? Now, I know you're not a man that you should lie or the son of a man that you should repent. If you said it, I know you will perform it. You will do it. Just like the rain comes out of the cloud and descends upon the earth, it will do what it's called to do. It waters the earth. It doesn't go back into the cloud. Lord, I thank you that my healing, my restoration, my prosperity is going to be restored. My name is going to be restored. Uh, I'm telling you, church, it's a time to stir your faith and declare what you expect to happen in your life. So I was talking to uh, Prophet Miller this morning, and um, as we, we were talking, as he does sometimes, He'll give me the word of the Lord. It's nice having a friend that's a prophet. Hallelujah. Sometimes you want to hear what he's got to say, and sometimes you don't. Praise God. But this happened to be a really good one. And uh, he said to me, he said, um, he, said uh, he said, Jeff, tell the church X, Y, Z, uh, what the Lord is saying. I said, well, okay. And then I, got, I was upstairs getting prepared for tonight. About 15 minutes ago, I called him and said, how about you tell him yourself? So let's get him on the phone, praise God, and let's hear what the prophet has to say. Praise the Lord. How many believes in prophets today? Amen. Prophet Miller, are you there? Yes, I am. Say hello, church. Could you hear him? I did hear him. <laughs> so you and I were talking today. We were talking about uh, just talking in general, just catching up, and you said, um, hey, tell the people this from the Lord. And then I said, I would do that. And, and then I started thinking about it throughout the day. And then my message really lined up to what you were saying, which happens a lot of times with you and me. And, um, and so uh, I was upstairs getting ready for tonight. And I thought, you know, it would be best if I just had Prophet Meller tell him himself. And so I called you, and you said, absolutely, I'm going to do it. So, Prophet Miller, you have the floor. Talk to us for just a second. Well, first of all, I want to tell everybody at Faith Builders, you're an incredible church, incredible call. Your destiny is great, and I love you very, very much and feel very much a part of you. And I was, as I was talking to Pastor Jeff, I felt the Spirit of God begin to speak to me that God's fixing to do a great stirring and a great refreshing, a great outpouring. God's about to do a new thing. And before Christmas, many of you are going to find a blessing coming your way and a refreshing. There's been a lot of battles, a lot of warfare, a lot of discouragement. And it's been, one, you know, struggles. But I hear the Lord that I'm fixing to do 
shaking in Milwaukee. And a lot of the shaking is going to cause people to shake into your church. People are going to leave other places. And they're looking for a home. They're looking for something where there's life. And they're going to find it there. And God wants you to welcome them. Wants you to open your heart, embrace people. He wants to you to get a vision that he's going to enlarge you and favor you. But many of you there, the, many of you have been warriors and you've been, you know, you're foundational. And God wants to tell you and encourage you, you're going to be promoted. And when God brings promotion, nobody can stop it. When God determines to bless you, nobody can say no to it. And he builds a presence. You know, he feeds you, takes care of you, in the presence of your enemy prepares a table. In other words, he doesn't really care what anybody else feels about him blessing you. They can't stop it. But there is before Christmas. Now get this down. Before Christmas, a wind is going to blow of refreshing and encouragement. You embrace it. You let it come into your spirit. Do not let discouragement take you down. It is not time to back down in the day of battle. It is time to stand up and be strong. Release your faith. It's a new day and a new hour. And do not listen to some much of the false things going on for the news and everywhere else. The hand of God is for America. And there may be a great division in our land, but God wants you to know God is for his people and those that trust in him are going to find promotion. But one of the encouraging things that it was so strong is that you're going to find you're going to be more and more focal in the days ahead. And those of you that have, you know, bought into, and I mean literally, you've given your life to the vision and wanting to help and be a, a participant and a, you know, part of, you're going to find God blessing the socks off of you. So get ready. Because before Christmas, a wind is going to blow in the faith builders, a wind of encouragement, refreshing, favor, and blessing. It's going to be a good Christmas, folks. It's going to be a good Christmas and a happy new year. Amen. Come on, give it up for Prophet Miller. Man, we love you, buddy. Is there anything else? Is that pretty much it? See the, it's wonderful down here, and anything more than shorts is just too much to wear. I don't know what to tell you. I know it's just a blessing to be in Florida, but enjoy your weather, okay? You can, you, you can stop. The anointing just left the building, so praise the Lord. <laughs> tell, tell, hey, everybody, tell, tell this man of God you love him. Come on, let him know. Thank you, Glenn. We love you, buddy. Love you too, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I could just set the phone up here sat down. Put the mic right here. Let's eat popcorn and get this word today. That was a good word right there. Isn't that encouraging? Isn't that good? I love the fact that we have a prophet that speaks into our lives. Amen? So the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord 
say so. We're going to have to start moving in faith, guys. If we're going to get this, 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 I don't call it a deadline, but this promise from God before Christmas, for a lot of us, we're going to have to step out in faith in areas we've never done before. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So your mouth is going to say something. It's going to be good or it's going to be evil. What's going to come out of your mouth before Christmas? Because when stuff gets tough, typically we start saying the wrong things. We've got to speak the right thing. Joshua's in a battle. He's fighting and they're winning. As long as there's light, they're winning. The sun starts to go down. As the sun goes down, he's noticing that his men are getting weary and they're losing the battle. He's in the valley of Agila, the Bible says, when the sun begins to go down. So they're in the valley, which means it's going to go down earlier. How many knows that's true? Because mountains are higher, and of course the horizon is up higher. So it's going to go down pretty quick, okay? And so he's losing sun. And the Bible says that he stood in the valley of Agila, and he commanded with his words, Son, stand still. Son, stand still. Now, how many knows that's not how it works? The earth would have to stand still in order for us to keep the light because we're revolving around the sun. It wasn't the sun. So in other words, I want you to catch this. It wasn't that he said a perfect prayer. Matter of fact, it was ignorant. He didn't understand the process of how the sun worked. He just knew light had to continue. But even in his ignorance, you know, sometimes we pray ignorant prayers. Come on, somebody. And they're not perfectly right. They're not always righteous. But they're the right thing. And the heart's in the right place. And we're speaking. We're, we're declaring what we want to come to pass, even though it's not totally perfect. But they're faith filled words and the Bible says and the sun stood still so somehow some way God made it so that there was more light than they needed to finish the battle and I got news for some of you there's more light than you need on the other side of your victory what you got to do is learn to say son or command your battle to come in to victory but you got to speak it you got to declare it look, look church God ain't broke this is what's in my heart right now God ain't broke. He owns it all. So why are we walking around like we're so poor and we can't get no help and, you know, we never get a break and everybody else gets a promotion to job but me? That's a lie. Well, one of God's names is El Shaddai, and that means the God of more than enough. And he's the same God then as he is now. And matter of fact, just because he's got a new name or another name called El Shaddai doesn't mean he's another God. One God, only one God, just another manifestation of the revelation of who he is. And that's what we need is a revelation of a God who comes to take care of our needs, helps us, lifts us, wants to promote us, wants to give us victory in battle, wants to bless us financially. Can't get no help even in the faith builders church. Amen. Well, this is a word from God. This is Psalms, actually, it's Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And this is this promise, and I love it, and I just, I just mentioned this the other day, but so much in my heart. And my God shall supply all your needs. Either that's going to happen or it's not. Either he's a liar or he's telling us the truth. There is no middle ground with God. And the Bible says, if you're going to believe the Bible to be the word of God, God who cannot lie. It's impossible for God to lie. That's why sometimes he says things that offend you. Because he won't lie to appease you. He'll always tell you the truth. And the truth outweighs all the facts, 
all the history of your situation, all of it. And my God shall supply, that means fill to the full, all the way to the top, all your need, which means what? All of my, the, my, my daily distribution of funds, uh, my duties that I have to, to fulfill, and my business endeavors. So my God shall fill to the full, all the way to the top, that which is lacking in my business endeavors, my duties, and my distribution of money, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We need miracles. We need breakthroughs. But we shouldn't live from one big miracle to the next. God is a sustaining God who will take care of every single need you have. And, and church, Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, this is out of the Amplified Bible version of it, it says, the thief, everybody say the thief. And we know that's the enemy, comes only in order to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came that you may have and enjoy life. You know, God wants you not just to have a life, but to enjoy the life that you got. Why is it that we're the ones that don't go on vacations? Why is it that we're the ones that don't have nice things? Why is it that we don't drive a nice car? Why is it that we don't live in a nice neighborhood? You know, you should have, in other words, you should have a place in your life that says, I live here because I want to live here. Not because I feel I'm forced to live here because God wants me poor. Everybody say, not poor, but more. God wants to give you more. More than enough. El Shaddai. More than enough. My cup runs over. Come on, that's the prosperity that God, he gives. He says, now give it a life to enjoy and have it in abundance to the full until it what? Overflows. Everybody say overflow. That is the lifestyle God wants. Not overflow isn't for you just to hoard it for yourself. When God begins to bless your life, it will always be more than enough. That's for you to give away. That's for you to say, I'm going to bless this person. I'm going to bless the project the church has. I'm going to bless my neighbor. I'm going to bless my coworker. You know, I'm going to give. We used to, now listen, I don't want nobody doing this. Don't, that's not what I'm saying to do. But used, I never got out of the room hardly ever without somebody giving me a Pentecostal handshake. Ten years ago, I always got a Pentecostal handshake. Do you all know what a Pentecostal handshake is? That's a handshake with a little bit of folded money in it. Come on, somebody. Preacher, this is for you. Oh, thank you so very much. And it might be 10 bucks, could be 100 bucks, don't know what it is. I was always so thankful and so grateful. They used to bless, we used to bless one another. More than, you know, you know the economy when it came in 2008 and, and, it, and, it, and it broke down the way that it did, and we all lived under that pressure for several years after that. For many, some, were, some of you just climbing out of it right now. And, and, and the truth is, it was a very difficult time. But it's like our, we got afraid. We got afraid that, and said so we had to hold back. When God gives to you, he will give you just a little bit more. And that little bit more isn't just for you. Now, it might be if you're asking God for a vacation, I get that, or a car, you must save it. That's true. But sometimes you know, this doesn't belong to me. Lord, who does this belong to? This might belong to my, my, my friend. This might belong to my, my, my father or my mother, whoever God. I remember the very first time God spoke to us to give money. It's $100, and it was back in... Um, it had to be like 89 or 90 summers. I was really new uh, to the church world and all that. And, um, and so, and we did it. And I remember feeling, oh, my God. I never, ever thought, oh, God, I can't afford to do this. Could I afford to do it? Not really. 
But I had that extra $100, and I remember saying, Lord, whoever you want me to give it to, I want to bless somebody. And he told me who to give it to, and I gave it to them. You know how many times God has blessed me back over and over and over again? Where I gave a lot of $100 bills away over the years. Then I started moving up to $500. Then I started moving up to $1,000. I haven't been doing that as much lately. I need to start getting back to $1,000 gifts. I'm down to $500 now. I'm going to get back to that $1,000 gift. You say, do you have it? No, I don't have it. But when I get it, I want to say, Lord, who does this belong to? Oh, that's when he starts taking care of your needs. You can't outgive God. Say you can't outgive God. Say it. So the word here, it says here, it says, I came that, Jesus said, that they may have and enjoy life. But that word may sticks out to me. And it means this. It means to wish or to purpose or desire. It means to be permitted or allowed. So Jesus is asking permission. Jesus wants to have permission to give you a life that you can enjoy till the full, until it overflows with abundance. Isn't it interesting that the Bible also says that Satan comes like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour? And that's the same Greek word that means wish, purpose, desire, to ask permission or to be allowed. They wish, they have one thing, that's the only thing in common that Jesus and Satan have. And that's this, they wish or have a wish and a purpose and a desire over you. And they both have to have permission to be allowed to affect your life. No one is granted access in your life unless you will it. Even the Father doesn't have access into your life unless you will it. He couldn't just save you. You had to open your heart to receive his son. Somebody say amen to that. And every time you pray, think about prayer. I've taught this before. When you pray, how important it is because prayer is giving the Lord, giving the Father legal right to come into your life, your circumstances, and make provision and changes based on the prayer that you're praying. In other words, you are giving God permission to come into your world to change it. Well, what do you mean? It doesn't have, he's God. He can do whatever he wants. No, that's not always the case. No, that's why he said, I want you to pray. That's the, that's the key that unlocks the door that says here. We let, or we can say the key is putting the, 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 the prayer is putting the key under the mat saying, Lord, you know where it's at. You can walk in anytime you want and make changes. Come into my world. Come into my life where it's personal and make changes. That's what prayer does. So he needs permission. Same thing with the devil. So if the devil's attacking you and you're dealing with, uh, you've been under demonic harassment lately, I got to be honest with you. The truth is going to set you free. It might sting a little bit, but it's going to set you free. What door did you open up to the devil to come into your world, to come into your life, to come into your circumstances? They walk up in your house because you cannot say the devil just comes and wreak havoc on people. You got to allow him. He's seeking whom he may devour. That means permission, allowance. So I would say to you, the devil's attacking you. Get back your authority. Kick his behind out of your life in the name of Jesus. And by the blood of the Lamb, somebody say amen. 
And watch what God begins to do for you. By the way, real quick, a little controversial, but I watched the whole thing today. Uh, I watched Kanye's, uh, Kanye West's whole thing. It's very controversial also. And I watched his whole thing on YouTube. And, and I watched it from start. I mean, from the moment it started to the end, it was long. It was, a, it was an hour and four, almost 48 minutes long. And I watched the whole thing. I'm going to just say something to you. What we've got to learn to do is we got to, if people say that they've given their life to Jesus, who are you to judge? Well, he's just doing this. Uh, wait, hold on. We, they, can say that, they can say that about anybody, including you. My thing is this. My thing is this. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. And everything I saw was uplifting to Jesus. Every single thing I saw, I have not been on anybody's blog. I didn't listen to anybody's rendition of it. I know nothing. I just heard some people like it, some people don't like it. And I thought, well, I'm going to figure this thing out. I'm, I'm not a fan, so I don't know. I have no history. But what I'm saying to you is, is that when God wants to do something, let God do it. And by the way, he's not religious. God is not religious. You're religious. We, we all get religious. God works with people. He worked, he worked, he worked, are y'all ready for this? He worked with an ass. And I'm going to say it that way because it, it just feels better to say it that way. You can say donkey if you want to. I'm going to say ass, praise God. That means he was still working with asses. Someone say amen. Amen, y'all. He's working with a wretch like me. Amen. So, so I, I will say just allow God to be God in his life. He may stumble and fall in six months and, and hurt all our feelings. I don't know. But I'm just saying right now, I, and he, the reason why I brought it up is because he was pleading the blood of Jesus. And the whole thing from start to finish was just one big salvation message. And then he brought the skinny white pastor up in there. I don't know if you saw it yet or not. But there he is, and he's preaching. He gave him about 15 minutes to preach, and he sounded like a young Billy Graham. And there was an anointing on that young man to win people, and all he did was say that hell is real, but so is heaven. And Jesus came because God loved you enough to send him. And, I mean, he was bold and assertive, and it was amazing. Amen. So God made you free, and he made you like himself. Amen. In other words, you're a free uh, moral agent. You can make decisions based on what you like or you don't like. If you don't want to obey him, you don't have to obey him. Now, there are consequences to our action and sin. But he ain't gonna, he's not going to come and, and say, I'm in charge of you now and do what I say or I'm going to break your arm off you know, behind your back kind of thing and make you do. No, you have to allow him. Lord, I want you to come into my world. I desire you to come in. All the devil's power cannot override the favor of God in your life unless you decide to disobey God and disobey his word. The moment you do that, the curse begins to operate in your life, and the enemy now has access to kill, steal, and destroy, and none of us wants that in our life. And what, did, what, what, do, you, what do you think that Jesus, um, being in the wilderness and that whole scene for 40 days and 40 nights in the world. What do you think that was really all about? It was all about to get him to disobey God, to do what he wanted to do, what Jesus ultimately wanted to do, rather than what God wanted Jesus to do. And if Jesus would have given into temptation at any point, he would not have been able to establish his church. That's the main thing, because without the church, the world has no hope. He bled. He died for his church, but most can't even make it to church half the time in their life. 
I got people want to work with me, but they don't come to church. How can I give you my, my, my time when, when you won't give me yours? Amen. Well, I love faith builders. That's my church. It's not your church unless you faithfully attend. Quit telling us it's your church when you don't faithfully attend it. Now, no other preacher out there, secret sense, will, will tell you that stuff. The secret sense of the people will not do that. But I'm going to tell you the truth. That's my church. Ain't seen you in five years. How can it be your church? You're my pastor. I'm not your pastor. Quit saying that. You don't respect me. Because if you respected the office that God gave me, and I'm talking preaching to the choir because y'all are here, so let me just preach to those listening to podcasts. If you respected me, those of you listening to podcasts that don't attend this church, you would be here to hear the word that I labor to give you. I'm not your pastor. Someone needs to wake people up around here. Amen. And that's why people leave our church sometimes. Hallelujah. And that's okay because I'm not here to have a mega church. I'm here to tell the truth. Whatever God wants, that's what God wants. So we got to have people that are willing to do that. And, and most people are not, they're not, that's not, what they're, that's not what they do. And more than most won't even give their tithe and offering to build the church. More than most. And they won't come, they won't give to build the kingdom of God. Muslims in Milwaukee. Everything they own, they own strip malls, they own daycare centers, and they're nice. They have mosques, and they're nice. And they're nice. Everything's excellent. Yes, it is. And you know what? They pay for it cash. No debt. But we got to beg Christians to give. Something's wrong here. We need to double check our own hearts, our own salvation. Say, you know, maybe I'm playing more of a game than it really is really real to me. Jehovah's Witness, pay for everything cash. I thought we had the truth. I'm preaching good and it's getting quieter and quieter and quieter. And some of y'all have been slipping on your tithe and no, I don't check the records. I don't want to know the records because I don't want to see, I, I don't want to know all that stuff. Now, periodically when people want to have a meeting with me and I ain't sitting around a little bit, I'll ask because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I don't, waste, I don't waste my time trying to tell somebody, if they're not willing to give, if they're not willing to be faithful, then how in the world is 15 minutes with me in a room going to change your life? We've gotten away from it, guys. And we've cheapened the gospel. We've cheapened the message. And we've wanted something for nothing. That's not the kingdom at all. Everything, every single church you've ever seen out there, somebody sacrificed. Financing the church is not about having a country club that God's people attend when they're able to or not. No, the church is about the restoration of everything coming back from, to you from God. It's a place where God restores his people back to him. It is a place where God restores health in our bodies. It's a place where God restores peace in our relationships. It's a place where God restores order in our families. It's a place where God restores love in our brokenness. 
It's a place where I've, this is 30 years I've been doing this. This is what he does. It's a place where God restores right relationships with his children. It's a place where God restores hope in the hopeless. It's a place where God restores faith in the faithless. The local church is God's idea. It's God's plan for the entire world. He wants everybody in it to be a part of it, everybody participating, everybody being responsible for it. It's called the body of Christ. Many members all coming together as one and not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together even more as we see the day approach. Why isn't our life going the way we want? Because we want what we want. And we don't want what God wants. And because we're being disobedient to what God wants, the curse comes rather than the blessing. Amen. You see, and so we've cheapened it. We've lessened it. We don't pray like we used to pray. We don't read our Bibles like we used to read our Bible. We don't attend church the way we used to. We don't give in the tithe and offering like we used to. We are not blessing one another. We are not praying for one another like we used to. We're not there for each other like we used to. And I'm just saying that this church is probably above the average, but still, we got a long ways to go. That's why we're coming together as one for a while because I want us to create that culture of taking care of each other. Amen. Because when one person hurts, we all hurt. You know, if you stub your toe in the middle of the night, you feel it. The whole body feels it, right? Oh, yeah, you're hopping around. You're crying. You're, oh, Lord, you know, trying to you know, regain your composure. Over a little toe, baby toe that got stubbed, right? One person hurts, the body feels the pain of that, right? And so, and Jesus takes it personal. If you attack the church, he takes it personal. How do you know that? So Saul the apostles, uh, Saul rather, um, who was the chief of all Pharisees. And he was gathering up Christians to have them stoned to death, have them imprisoned, have them killed in different various forms. And he was on a mission from what he felt was from God. And, and he, is, uh, he is, he's attacking them and he's persecuting them and separating families. And he's, he's on his way to Damascus, and the Bible says he's blinded by a light that shone upon him, and he fell off of his, his camel. And when he, when he did, the Lord Jesus himself spoke to him and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Right? He never met Jesus before, so how could he be persecuting Jesus? When you persecute his church, when you persecute his body, when you persecute his people, he takes it very personal. And the church is also a place where God is restoring our stuff and our possessions back into our control. I mentioned a while back, to, uh, about 2008, 2009, a lot of you lost things, and they've not come back yet. That day is changing. I just believe the word that Prophet Miller gave us. For some of you, you're going to start seeing that stuff before the end of the year. Restoration is coming back to you, but better than it was before. Amen. Look what Isaiah 42, 22 says. It's a prophetic picture. It says, but this is a people robbed and plundered. All of them are snared in holes, and they are hidden in prison houses. Um, they are for prey, and no one delivers. For plunder, and no one says restore. Well, I'm saying Restore in the name of Jesus. Father, restore back to your people everything that's been plundered, everything. The people have lived in prison houses. People have been snared in holes, been hidden out in crags and rocks and all that. They've been robbed and plundered. Father, restore now in Jesus' precious name all that has been lost. And here's what God 
has in mind in Deuteronomy 28, 12. Were, uh, were you able to get the um, CEB translation by chance? I'm just wondering. No, well, let me read it to you. Go ahead and put it on the screen, but I'll read it to you out of this translation. The Lord will open for you his own well-stocked storehouse. God has a well-stocked storehouse for you, for me. The heavens, providing your lamb with rain at the right time and bless, blessing all your work. You will lend to many nations, but you uh, won't have any need to borrow. Amen. Now, I like that, the well-stocked storehouse, because that means that all my needs I have here, God knew, and there's a heavenly storehouse of things that have been laid up for me there that with my faith I can pull in from the spirit world into the natural world. They don't do me any good there. I'm not going to go, matter of fact, that might be the time where the Bible says that Jesus wipes away every tear, is when we get to heaven and see our storehouse. <laughs> we go, I could have been living like this. We're crying and boo-hoo and he's wiping away our tears, right? I think it's going to be more of our sin and mercy. But I'm just saying that there could be some truth to that as well. Um, but we do have a real well-stocked storehouse. And one man, I read this years ago, he had went to heaven. And the Lord took him to heaven and took him on a tour of heaven. And one of the places that he went to, went to different, different places, he went to his mansion, he went to God, the Lord showed him different places, uh, also uh, past relatives that had been with him for a while in heaven. And um, took him by a warehouse and took him in there. And in the warehouse... He said it wasn't weird at all. He said it was very natural looking. As a matter of fact, he said it was in awe of it. He said on the wall were arms and legs. And on the wall, were, he said, there were shelves of eyes. Eyes. And he said, and every uh, organ you could think of was all there. And he said, and they were alive. The arms moved. Oh, oh I'm sorry, Siri. We've got to be careful. We're ordering pizza right now. Praise the Lord. How do I get rid of that? That's never happened before. That's, she's listening to us, guys. I'm telling you, I'm not this thing conspiracy no more. She's listening to us. I'm not kidding you. I was sitting at home talking about something one day, and then I, I, I go to look something up. And like the first thing that pops up is the very thing I was just talking about. Scary stuff. So anyways, um, and so um, what was I saying? I forgot what I was saying. Oh, Warehouse. So they were alive. The arms were moving. The eyes were looking. They were seeing. Um, and he said, it wasn't spooky. It was just wonderful, you know. And the Lord said, these are all the unclaimed body parts for my people. They're here. All they have to do is ask and receive. Now, guys, that's pretty powerful. And we get caught up with things. We get, we get in doubt or we don't endure long enough and we get discouraged. All these things happen and there's reasons for everything. But I'm just, I'm just here to tell you, I believe that. I believe, matter of fact, um, I shared it with a couple of people and, and this was in Africa. You may have seen the video. I, I haven't even shared it yet publicly. I probably will uh, with everybody in social media because it's so precious to me that I just want to look at it. You know, I just want to ever have something like that. Like you don't want to share it right away because it's just so cool. Well, <clears throat> there is uh, the, uh, this big auditorium in Africa, and they got cameras and stuff. It's pretty sophisticated looking, and uh, lots of people. And this uh, man's up there preaching, and he's a prophet of the Lord. Obviously, he has a strong healing gift. And so you don't know what happens before or after, but basically he's up on the platform, and he is talking to a woman and giving her a word. 
Now, you notice right away there's something different about this woman. She looks perfectly normal in every way, but one arm is shorter than the other. And when I say shorter, I'm talking about her hand was like above my elbow. That, but and it was like really like um, a, lot of, a lot of fat that was up here, like almost like it had shrunk up, completely up. And just a small um, arm, small hand, I think normal size hand, coming out. And so it was obviously some sort of malady uh, being deformed of some kind. So he begins to prophesy over this woman. And as he's prophesying over her, she instantly grabs like her, her chest and her arm, and you can tell there's some discomfort. And all of a sudden, as God is my witness, this arm starts to grow. And it's growing, and it's growing. And he said, I command the bones, God. I command the bones, a new bones. Because obviously, you know, we're looking on the outside. Everything inside has to be changed, muscles and bones. And so, and that arm grew straight out. I'm not talking about three inches. I'm talking about close to 18 inches. And she's holding it, and the crowd's going bananas. And it's right before, how many would like me to share that video? Half of y'all want to be sure. The other half are too afraid to see the power of God working. And it is the real deal. And there's, uh, you can, and she has no sleeve on. Nothing, no sleeves, sleeveless dress. I mean, we're just, you just, it just grows right out. Just, just, it's a miracle of God. This place goes nuts and it's just amazing, all that, that kind of stuff. I'm telling you, you have body parts. And by the way, I will tell you this as well. I've heard for years that kind of stuff. Matter of fact, all my life as a little boy, I've heard these kinds of miracles. All my life. I've seen great miracles. I've seen the blinded eyes open. Yes, that's awesome. But I have never seen an arm just literally grow like a tree trunk right before your very eyes. I've never seen anything like that. Powerful. But that's just the beginning. There, I've heard stories of people that had no leg cut off, no leg. And a new leg, like a bud, started growing out of that spot. And within just minutes, a perfectly formed leg, person gets up out of the wheelchair and walks, or arms, and that kind of creative miracles. Are you ready to start seeing some creative miracles? Come on. And I can feel the skepticism from some people, and you love God. But you're skeptical because you've never seen it. But when you see it, I promise you, it'll change your life forever. I promise you. So there are, there are, they are there. They're, they are available to us. Why aren't we believing for it? We have a well-stocked storehouse. Everything you need, the finances you need, it's there. The business uh, arrangements you need, it's there. The health you need, it's there. You're, everything you possibly can imagine, God has already provided. There's an expectation on our part, though, to trust and believe. Say this after me. Say, everything that has been stolen... Lost or robbed from my stored supply shall be restored to me by Christmas in Jesus' name. Now give the Lord a shout of praise about it. Come on. He promised that the years that the swarming locust has eaten, come on, somebody, would be restored. I'm talking about the years. Amen.